Twitter handle, at Religion of Woke. So I've been thinking a little bit more about Gabby Petito and her uh, missing white woman syndrome thing that's in the news right now. Currently the boyfriend who probably killed her is whatever. He has not been captured yet. I think there's a manhunt for him. But I was watching some analysis, you know, where they're saying that missing white woman syndrome is a thing that, uh, you know, says America's racist. We only care about white people who go missing, uh, not people of color. But I got an anti-woke uh, take here. I think it is racism. I think it is racism, at least now. Maybe not in the past, but today it is absolutely racism. And it's racism against white people, white men. It's racism and sexism. It's hatred of white men. That's why this thing is blown up, partly. I mean, she's smoking hot. There's, you know, there's a whole bunch of social media stuff. Plus, people hate white men. The perpetrator is a white man. So there's been some uh, cable news people. Joy Reid, she's black, and uh, Don Lemon, he's black. They've been complaining about it. You know, I think that's their their new thing to com- new thing to complain about on their shows, saying America's racist and missing white woman syndrome says that. And basically, they're like, you know, hey, there's black women who go missing all the time and we don't and you know the media doesn't cover that but the funny thing about that is that they are the media there's probably a black woman that goes missing every week you know so they could devote their entire show to missing black women but the thing about crimes is most crimes are you know most violent crimes against a white person are committed by another white person Against a black person by another black person, etc. So, you know, so they could come up with 52 missing black women every year and, you know, and devote a week on each one of them. But the killer's going to be a black man. And so, you know, they just, they just want to call America racist. They don't actually care about helping any black people. They wouldn't touch that stuff with a 10-foot pole. You know, it's the phrase black-on-black crime where you're... You're an evil person if you mention, you're a racist, whatever. You're a racist if you mention black-on-black crime. And, I mean, there's a certain, there's a certain rationale to that that I do understand. Because if you start mentioning black-on-black crime, you know, then just every night there's going to be some other crazy black-on-black crime thing that happened. I mean, Chicago has, I don't know what, 50 to 100 shootings a week, right? So that's... It's more than one a day. You'd, you'd never run out just in Chicago. You know, little kids getting shot. You know, whatever whatever it is that the viewer wants to hear about. You know, toddlers, bullets to the brain. Or you just talk about stuff where the white guy is the perp. And uh, I think it becomes more manageable. They're not going around doing those kind of crazy shootings, you know. White guys, they just kill their wives and their kids sometimes. So I guess I'll just say... Uh, any media person who complains about missing white woman syndrome and yet does not talk about the missing black women, well, screw them. They're just piece of crap, racist hypocrites. They hate a certain race, and uh, they use this thing to attack that race, to scratch that ish, itch. I mean, you know, they have been fa- they have been falsely told that America is racist, so they think they're fighting the good fight instead of being racist themselves. And then. I think Native American women, so this is in America, but Native American women, I think, go missing at more than double the rate of any other race. I don't know who's second. It's probably, it's not going to be Asians. 
Anyways, Native American women go missing like crazy. Which makes me think of, uh, they got indigenous, you know, Native, not Native American, Native Canadian. They got Native Canadian women who go missing. And they really go missing there. And uh, I don't remember the exact stats. This is, this is off of memory. I don't have the internet usually when I'm doing my podcast. But so Canada has a big bunch of indigenous people living there. I think a lot larger percentage than like America has. Maybe it's almost like as blacks are to America, indigenous people are to Canada, kind of. Canada didn't have slavery, so they do not have very many black people, unless it's like recent immigrants. But anyways, about 10 years ago, somewhere around 2010, the Canadian government created a commission to study missing... Can I call them Indians? Hmm. I don't like the word Indian? Indigenous. Anyway, we'll call them indigenous women. So they created a, a thing to study the missing indigenous women in Canada. And I think they were supposed to take two years to do it. And then after two years, they're like, oh, whatever. We're not, we're not done yet, they said. And I think they were, basically, they knew, they knew, you know, it doesn't take very long. It doesn't take very long to figure out what's going on. They figured out what was going on in two years, but they didn't like the results. So they said, oh, we got to study it some more. Basically, they thought going in that they would find that white men were killing indigenous women. Like that, that's what they thought. So they're like, hey, let's go study this. This is going to be awesome. And the result was it was all indigenous men. Uh, you know, when you say a woman goes missing, what it really is is she got murdered and you didn't find the body. So anyways, it's all indigenous men doing this stuff. So they got to the two-year point where they were supposed to release their results. They didn't want to res- release the real results. So like, oh, you know, it's going to take more time. So then they waited, I don't know, maybe... After they've been going about six years or something, they basically just were like hoping people would lose interest and the whole thing would die down, you know. And then people would just remember, oh, remember when they started that commission about white men murdering murdering indigenous women? And then hopefully people wouldn't go, oh yeah, and I remember the result was all indigenous men. So anyways, after like six years, you know, eventually they had to stop working on it and they released, released the results and I think they tried to... You know, they tried to downplay them. It was not like the big trumpeting of everything at the beginning of the commission. It was a very, came in with a bang, went out with a whimper. Anyways, and so I think that's related to, uh, that's why we don't talk about all the people of color, women who go missing. Um, the end result is a story that woke people do not want to read. I mean, you know, they probably canceled their New York Times subscription if the New York Times started doing missing black women stories and it always turned out to be a black man. So, okay, Cupid, pro-life dating app or website has created a little icon, I guess, to say that you're pro-choice. Pro-abortion rights, I think is the correct should be the correct term. And I guess it was in response to the Texas abortion law that we got recently. Um I don't think they're making a pro life or anti-abortion rights icon that you can display on your account that would be i mean i don't know i think it'd be good they should have both those things on there those are probably pretty important things before you go on a date and possibly have sex with someone but i was listening to someone joke about it it's kind of like whatever you're scrolling through uh or whatever maybe you just say only show me pro-choice 
icon women, if you're a man, and you're like, uh, I hate condoms. And apparently these women will take care of it for me if there's an issue. Makes me think of, uh, okay, Cupid did a study a while back. For some reason, they just, they let their, whatever, their daters get studied. I don't think, you never hear about, like, a Tinder study. Or at least I haven't. But in any case, they had, um, they have, like, maybe, I'm not sure how it works. I think they have, like, standard questions, maybe, that you answer to kind of help people decide who they want to go out with. And uh, so they did a study on what was the, you know, what question and what answer meant that you were the most likely to have sex on the first date. And the answer was, well, the question was, do you like beer? And if you said yes to that, that was the number one thing. I mean, I don't think they, you know, they might even said, like, how do you feel about sex on the first date? And if you said you hated it or loved it, that wasn't what was important. It was whether or not you said yes to, I like beer. Makes me think, like... Men are not always the most honest when it comes to getting some. I mean, you know, they'll pretend to be whatever if they only have to do it for a date or a couple dates. So it's kind of like if you're a Christian man and you think the picture, you know, the picture of the girl is hot and you see that she's uh, pro-choice, it just tells you, you're like, okay, I need to lie about that one. And, you know, like, say you're a pro-choice guy, uh... And you see a pro-choice icon on some hottie, you know, whatever, it's on. You're asking. You're asking. You're probably getting denied, but you're asking her out, right? No, no reason not to. But say you're a pro-choice woman, you know, you can be selective, right? There's always like 10 guys, 10 slobbering guys for every hot chick on those dating apps. Um, and you're swiping through, and you see that a guy has a pro-choice icon on there, uh... I'm not sure that you're like, oh yeah, sweet, I'm pro-choice and he's pro-choice. I think the girl might be like, I'm moving on, I want a real man. A man who believes that a baby should be born when you have sex, and then raised into a child. So you're like, okay, if we have, you know, if I have sex with someone and I don't want the kid, I can get rid of him. But I want a man who's going to want to raise the child. I feel like pro-choice men, now you're going to have, like, you know, the rich, educated men are going to be pro-choice. They also think the poor, unemployed men are going to be pro-choice. And, like, you know, if you're looking for, like, a middle-class plumber, uh, you may want a man who ain't pro-choice. You know, a hunky plumber who can lay some pipe. And I guess the guy who created The Wire, remember that, like, an HBO show? He said he's not going to film in Texas. I mean, I don't... The Wire wasn't filmed in Texas anyways, but... He's taking a stand against the Texas abortion law, and he's not going to film in Texas. So this is getting me pretty excited. I like this, right? This is like... People are trying to cancel Texas, right? This is cancel culture against... (laughs) The fastest growing state or whatever in America. So I just, you know, I want to see this. I I want absolutely as much... You know, I oppose cancel culture normally... But man, I want to see every large corporation in America say, we're not going to do business with Texas. Like McDonald's could close down all their restaurants. Amazon could stop shipping stuff to people who live in Texas. I mean, this would be awesome. This would be a good, whatever. I, you know, 
I think the companies would lose. So I, you know, and that's why they're not doing it yet. But there's going to be a snowball. It sounds like the snowball is getting rolling a little bit. Like, okay, Cuba didn't kick out Texans, but they got this little pissant thing about uh, a pro-choice icon. And no one cares about the guy who made The Wire. But once you start doing that, then people on Twitter can be like, hey, the guy on The Wire. Right? So whoever's making a show in Texas now, people are like, hey, the guy on The Wire isn't going to make shows in Texas. You know, under their breath, even though he isn't making one in Texas anyways. So this could be awesome. I'm definitely looking forward to this little battle. So my woke friend was kind enough to listen to my podcast about how there's 101 insurrections, you know, the 100 by Antifa in Portland, plus the one in the, in the Capitol on January 6th. When I say kind enough to listen to that, you know, he wanted to listen to it to uh, try a poke a hole in the stuff that I was saying. And generally, I just whatever didn't work i mean i don't say stuff that ain't true like on purpose i say stuff that is true so that you can't dunk on me but he did come up with okay so i mentioned that there's a princeton study that says there's 570 uh black lives matter and antifa riots uh i don't know it's like may 2020 till maybe the end of the year i think was the time period and so my friend came up with a like politifact but i Washington Post has the exact same um, fact-checking article. So the fact-checkers, some senator, I guess some Republican senator or something, said that there was 570 riots, which there basically was, but I'll tell you more in a second. And so whatever. Washington Post gave him three Pinocchios, etc. Whatever. Everyone called him a liar. Because they talked to some, I don't know, some educated person, historian, PhD in something, I'm not sure. And he said, you know, some of those riots or whatever, he said, there <laughs> wasn't clear. He said, basically, sometimes there's riots and it isn't a Black Lives Matter or Antifa riot. And so the number of riots is less than 570. And so that was three Pinocchios. If you say it's 570, well, the number is smaller than 570. So you're a liar. I don't think they gave any more information on it than that. So for instance... If there have been 569 riots, then, uh, you know, I think the Washington Post and PolitiFact would be like, you're a liar. There wasn't 570 riots. And they'd be like, under their breath, there's only 569. So that number is a little bit up in the air. I mean, I believe, I believe what they're saying, that the number is smaller. I think if the number was like, say at least 100 of those were not Black Lives Matter people. I mean, Antifa riots under the banner of Black Lives Matter nowadays, so I'm just going to call them BLM riots. Like, if a hundred of those riots were by someone else, like, I don't know, who who would they be by? Who would they be by? They keep talking about right-wing people. They don't provide any examples. Anyways, if somehow there was a hundred right-wing riots that I've never heard of, and somehow the media didn't report on when they are constantly making up stuff against right-wing people, but somehow they didn't talk about the truth, um, anyways... If there was a hundred, you know, if, if over a hundred of those were not from BLM, I'm sure they'd mention that. Be like, oh, well, you heard 570? Well, over a hundred of those were not BLM riots. You know, and then you'd be like, well, what are you saying? Are you saying that 570 is not correct? There was actually 470 BLM riots? And be like, no, no, I just said over a hundred of them were not BLM riots. Like, they're never going to give you the number because, I mean, 
who cares? It doesn't matter if the number is 150. People are going to pounce. That's a lot of damn riots. But anyways, they didn't say anything like, oh, over 100 of those ain't real. So I'm going to assume, whatever, the number, the correct number of riots is probably in the 560s, you know, 563 or something. But I think uh, if you want to be correct, say that there is roughly 570 Black Lives Matter riots. You know, and that'll cover you if the real answer is anywhere from 550 to 600. And, you know, that, that stopped at the end of uh, 2020. So, you know, have we had any more BLM riots since then? I think we have. We certainly had a bunch of Antifa ones. So, I mean, the number now is probably, I don't know what, 750. But anyways, if you're citing the Princeton study, it's roughly 570. Maybe not exactly 570.